Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? What up? I watched a guy almost kill himself the other day uh, riding his bike. Um, I was out riding at night, as I am often want to do. And normally, if I have headphones in and I'm on the street, I keep the left one out so I can hear traffic cars pulling up, you know, past me on my left, right? But when I was riding along the Lakefront Trail the other night, which is this this bike path that runs the entire uh, height of the city or length of the city along the Lake Michigan, <clears throat> I had both headphones in, but there's nobody else out there. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm all, you know, it's like 40 degrees out. No one else is riding a fucking bike out there. There's like a couple other, you know, like people that are practicing for the next, you know, marathon or whatever the fuck, but there's no one around me, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so... When this this lakefront bike path comes up to the Chicago River, it like understandably goes up over a bridge, right? And it's a bascule bridge, meaning that like there's two sides to the bridge, and it raises up into the air when they raise it, right? It's got counterweights, right? And it's a double decker mm-hmm. bridge, and the Lakeshore Drive, which is like a ten lane highway, is the upper deck, and the lower deck has been under construction, so there's not many cars down there, but that's where the bike path goes over. And they've been filming Batman here, and because of that, they've had a lot of uh, bridges raised, right? And uh, Lake Shore Drive has been closed a lot because they've been filming stuff on it. And there's been all this construction on the lower deck for years, right? So there's not many cars, and just it's you know I'm riding my bike, and all of a sudden I come around the, the like because of the construction, it kind of zigzags a bit. And without any kind of warning or signage, suddenly I come around this corner and it's barricaded. And there's like a like a barricade and like like several orange barrels, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, what's this here for? This is kind of weird. And I look up and it's like I look down and about you know a couple hundred feet away, I see that one side of the bridge is raised, but the side that I'm on isn't raised. So you know if it was if both sides were raised, it'd be like there'd be a huge wall. You know, like Inception style, where like just like yep. the fucking road would be sticking up at a ninety degree angle, right? <clears throat> and as soon as I notice this, I hear a voice over my shoulder, but I don't understand what it said because I have my earbuds and music playing. And I look, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And there's this fucking teenager right behind me who just hops over the barricade with his bicycle and fucking takes off, right? And I'm like, "What? What the fuck? Does does he not realize the fucking other side of the bridge is up? Where is he? What is he doing? What is he going?" <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> and I, at first, I think like he must see it. He must be able to see it because it's you know it's a ways out, you know, 150, 200 feet. But you can see the bridge but up like in the air. I'm assuming the, right? the other right, the other side. But it's like there's this black abyss between where the edge of our half of the bridge ends and the other half of the bridge 
isn't there anymore. Right? Yeah, it would just fall right into and, the fucking and, right. And it's a, it's a good fifty foot drop. It's higher than most of the other bridges that we have. And you've seen Batman, so you know what our our bridges downtown look mm-hmm. like. And he he's just I'm he's like speeding, going faster and faster. And I'm like, holy shit, he's out of earshot. He won't even hear me if I fucking yell at this kid. And he's got to be drunk or high or both. I don't know. And I'm like, you know, a little part of my brain's like, I'm gonna get to watch this kid fall to his death. That's gonna be pretty funny. <laughs> But then at the last second, some construction worker who was like behind a wall where I couldn't even see where this guy was, pops his head over the wall and starts shouting this kid, yells at him three times before he stops and and shouts at him, the bridge is up, the bridge is up. (laughs) And the kid stops and is like, what? He's like, the fucking bridge is up. And the kid looks and he's like, oh, shit. Like... (laughs) Completely didn't see it. He was right in front of him. And maybe he would have noticed at the last second, but he was, you know, he's going a good 15, 17 miles an hour on his bike. You know, by the time you realize, like, you stop, you're not going to stop on a dime. And, you know, even if you intentionally jump 50 feet into water, which I've, I've done cliff diving before... Uh, like you gotta like prepare for it. If you yeah, just you gotta pencil suddenly, in, you gotta like, yeah, you can't. if you just like out of nowhere fell 50 feet at night. Uh, into a fucking river, and you're fucking probably freezing, bicycle, cold. By the way, freezing yeah. cold, and your bike is under you, and is between you and the water. When you hit the water, like you could die. You could very easily oh, die. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And the shock alone probably would kill you because you wouldn't yeah. have time to react, and your muscles uh, yeah. would. So uh, like all of this happens in the span of like five seconds. So I have no uh, like no time to even think or react. I'm just like, what the fuck is it? Like, who is that? What is? <laughs> where is? What is the? Th- you know? And I'm like, holy shit! This this. You know, I don't know if he was a construction worker because they don't do construction at night. Like, I don't know Just why he sit, was maybe there. he was like a bridge guy, like city <sighs> I, maintenance. You know, who knows? whatever it was, whoever just put those barrels down there and put the thing up, he was still like it must have just gone up because he was still there. They hadn't like walked away from it yet. Mm. Um, and that's the only other thing is I think you know because they've they've been filming Batman at night downtown for weeks now here. Um, so I thought that may have been part of it. Like, why would you raise one side of the bridge and not the other? Because, like, clearly there's not a boat going It's under. probably for the look of a raised bridge from the other side that they're shooting to make, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I would assume. Um, but, you know, I mean, from the lower deck, you can't see what's on the upper deck. So they could yeah. have been filming, you know, chase scenes up there. Who knows? Like, fucking speed where the bus jumps over the <laughs> thing. You know, who knows? Um, but I'm like, holy shit, this kid just got his life saved, and this guy is, you know. And then the kid has to, like, start walking his bike back towards me, and I'm like, <laughs> I should probably go. I should probably let this kid just, like, be embarrassed alone. <laughs> so, Don't yeah, compound the know, shame of his I, stupidity. Like, if I was a dick, I would have stood there and been like, what the fuck did you think you were doing, dumbass? <laughs> but I didn't want to have him, like, make him have that moment, so I just took off. <clears throat> but he was, like, I, I rode a ways away and then turned to look back, and he was still just like, like not riding back, but like walking back because he wanted <laughs> me to get as far away from him as possible before he continued. <laughs> it's like, dude, you almost just fucking died. All right. Jesus, so, man. yeah. And, 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 and it was like, again, like all in the span of <clears throat> just a few seconds. And I'm like, I, you know, like what, what are the odds of even seeing that happen? Let alone that the guy was still there to stop him. <laughs> right. <laughs> from accidentally killing himself. Fuck. Yeah. Well, you know, 
crazy. It's crazy how like quick that shit happens. You know, I, I remember too, like I was uh, at work once, like waiting out front for, you know, the, the boss to show up to unlock the, the store in the morning. Yeah. It was like years ago. And this guy who was parked in the lot in, in like in the parking lot, he uh, like threw his car in reverse. And I don't know what the fuck happened, but then his car just kept the, the wheels kept spinning. And all of a sudden he like flies backwards, you know, like 30 miles an hour from like a dead stop and hits this uh stone like sign in the parking lot and like mm-hmm. does like a full fucking 180 and lands on like his car flips in the air and lands on um on its roof and i, I it literally must have taken two seconds but i feel i remember like five thousand different details of that moment like mm-hmm. the shit you know the shit you see in that people time. fucking crash through the you know, that's why they have the, the bollards in front of every 7-Eleven and Dairy Queen and, you know, a plant oh, yeah. pantries. Up here, people do Because people, the they're like, oh, I'm just going to put it in park. And then, oops, I didn't put it in park. I slammed <clears> on the accelerator. Right, I didn't put it in drive. You know, and they I just fucking plow through the... Yeah. Still in reverse. Or yeah. just watch all the security camera footage of, of all the people driving an SUV going 70 miles an hour that hop a curb and run over, like, 15 people at a ca- you know outdoor cafe in New York City. It happens every fucking day. <laughs> like, and that's not even the ones who do it on purpose. All the fucking no, those are just the fucking judged. idiots. Like the, the the fact that like that we have the technology right now to limit the speed of of like e scooters to to make sure they can't go more than like fifty miles an hour, but we don't apply that same technology to a, a three thousand pound fucking giant SUV that's driving through a neighborhood in like New York City or wherever that, that yeah. like you allow it to go upwards of 100 miles an hour and don't you know just install a fucking app that like you know goes oh i'm in this zone that's only 20 miles an hour so that's the top speed of this vehicle now yeah we could, we yeah. could do that overnight <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's one of those things where so many people have old cars that don't have that tech though that it would be like a weird fucking it it, it, it would be gone within 10 years sure you know? yeah it's, it's well, that's, just the, that's auto the thing with like doesn't want to do anything to make cars safer to anyone outside the car. They market cars as being, oh, you're totally safe inside airbags and seatbelts, but if you're a person walking across the street, you're you're off fucking out of luck. Well, that's the whole thing with self driving cars. To I mean, among the other many issues that we've talked about on the show, but for them to actually function, where like you don't have to drive them, everyone would have to have a self driving car because if not everyone. Right. Is interconnected and talking to the same network of like, okay, well, this car is going to go here and this car is going to have priority. So this one, if there's a couple cars in the road that are free operated, well, if it's not going to fucking work. Anything like it, in the road that's not a car, you're fucked. Yeah, that too. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a million. Because they literally can't see anything that's not another car. Like they, you know, this is how this woman was killed in, um, I think it was either Phoenix or Albuquerque. And, you know, the, the, these technocrat bros have been talking for a decade now about how self-driving cars are the next new thing and the one thing i love about this year 2020 is that like they finally shut the fuck up about that shit because they realize it's never going to happen because even with radar and lidar and all these other like systems you know you have the data coming into the computer right and it has to analyze that data process it and make a decision about the future while it's moving extremely fast right and the computers just can't do that 
They just, they're never going to. You have to have a human brain because you just, people don't realize that, like, that you can't get a computer to analyze data about the past and make a prediction yeah. about the future about something that's directly in front of it while it's racing towards it at 50 miles an hour. And what the computer in that car did was it saw the, the woman crossing the street with her bicycle and determined that it was basically an unidentifiable object and deliberately chose to continue and not break the vehicle until after it hit her and killed her. Then once it had hit the, the, her body, it was like, oh, uh, object detected, better stop. So it deliberately, it, it did see her, but couldn't determine what it was and just decided to plow through her and kill her. Yeah. Crazy. Well, uh, on that cheery note, let's uh, yeah. let's get into the news and, of the week. And on to the rest of the good news of this yeah. year. <laughs> well, so, you know, obviously tomorrow's Thanksgiving, um, uh, which means, you know, the start of the holiday season, uh, kick off to Christmas and... Of course, the number one uh, pr- requested present on everyone's list, especially listeners of our show, is, of course, uh, Barack Obama's new memoir, uh, which is called, the, I think it's called The Promised Land, uh, which, again, you know, just <laughs> fucking hilarious. And he, he really tried, he constantly steals Bruce Springsteen's valor to, like, fucking prop himself up as if he's this fucking populist man of the people and not a fucking smug, you know, har- uh, a uh, elitist Ivy League prick who fucking killed hundreds of thousands of people with his decisions during his presidency. Um, but well, you know, I mean, you go to a wedding in the Middle <clears throat> East in a time of war, you're putting. I mean, you're asking for it, right? Right. I know. I know. You know, those people they they, they should have had better uh, wedding guests. Like if they didn't want to get you drunk some folks. Yeah, yeah. I, I I still will never get over that motherfucker. Um, I don't even remember who it was. I remember if it was the Secretary of State at the time. But when when asked about, you know, droning an American citizen whose father was a suspected terrorist, may not have even been a terrorist. Um, and the guy was like, well, he should have had a better father. Like, that that was his excuse for, for us drone bombing an American citizen to death. An innocent American citizen. Like, existentially, that's <clears throat> just, like... How? There's no... There's literally no justification. justification you can make for that statement unless you're a fucking demon who has no fucking soul whatsoever um but yeah so you know people are pulling a lot of um interesting quotes from his from his memoir um because i think this is the first book he's written post-presidency he wrote uh one in like 06 and then one like as he was running in in 08 or 09. yeah somebody wrote it for him <laughs> yeah well, well, I don't know. I, <laughs> these guys the, don't really they don't write their own books well yeah i mean they, i think like a lot of times they'll dictate them and you know more or less oh, they sure. have yeah. authors like it's exactly it's collate like, um, stories and turn them into readable prose basically they, they have like a, a biographer who interviews them at length and then takes the transcription of that and puts it into a narrative form like they don't actually sit down at a typewriter yeah yeah yeah. most most celebrities didn't you know whatnot do the same um so i just want to read some choice excerpts that people have been pulling from the book and i actually (laughs) i was thinking about buying the audiobook just to kind of like pull some audio clip because he narrates it himself so he we could actually hear him in his own fucking uh psychotic words saying some of these things but i just can't bring myself to listen to 30 hours of fucking barack obama 
smugly talking about what a good president he was and how none of this to, was his fault. To, like to keyword search the audio, the audio, so I you know. didn't have to hear the whole fucking ball exactly neoliberal bullshit. I know, I know. All right, well, all right. So here's just a few. This is this is a real this is a real choice one. Uh, Obama was asked about a recollection, in his, and this is from an interview, I think. Um, Obama was asked about uh, a recollection in his book of writing uh, to his inauguration with the outgoing president, George W. Bush, uh, and of seeing protesters on the route it's calling uh, with signs calling for Bush's indictment. Obama wrote that he, quote, felt quite angry on his behalf uh, that the protests seemed graceless and unnecessary, considering Bush was in his final hour as president, and that Obama was troubled by the divisions the protests showed. George W. Bush responsible for conservatively 500,000 to a million civilian deaths in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right, but he loved America. So what the fuck, protesters? What were you thinking? L- like, like literally like one of history's biggest... You're literally like- insulting the, the, the first lady of the nation preemptively before she was able to hug George Bush and give him candies at his father's funeral. Unreal. Unfucking fucking real just, I know. I'm d- just, just disgusted with the left right now. Honestly, hearing I that, I know. <laughs> there's um, there, you know, so there, there, it, it, there's more. There's there's plenty more. Uh, this is another excerpt from his book talking about uh, Robert Gates, Secretary of Defense, Republican uh, from previous administrations. Uh, he was a Republican, a Cold War hawk, and a card-carrying member of the National Security Establishment, a prior champion of foreign interventions I had likely protested while in college, and now defense secretary to a president whose war policies I abhorred. And yet, I was in the firehouse that day to ask Bob Gates <laughs> to stay on as my secretary of defense. <laughs> right. It's, it's like that thing where, you know, they say, like, anything you say before the word but is a lie. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And yet, Ugh. yeah, and yet is just another way to say but, you know. This, However. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> this this might be the worst one of all of them. Um, in places like Yemen and Afghanistan, Pakistan and Iraq, the lives of millions of young men, uh, like those three dead Somalis, talking about pirates, uh, you know, Somali pirates. Some of those boys really since, uh, some of them boys really since the oldest pirate was believed to be 19 had been warped and stunted by desperation, ignorance, a little casual racism there, uh, dreams of religious glory, uh, the violence of their surroundings, or the schemes of older men. I wanted to somehow save them, send them to school, give them a trade, drain them of the hate that had been filling their heads. And yet the world they were a part of, and the machinery that I commanded, more often had me killing them instead. <laughs> just totally powerless could do nothing only, about it if only obama could have just dropped pell grants on all of them it would have been just fine you know you know why those those somali fishermen resorted to piracy like do you know why they couldn't be fishermen? because we've destabilized their country by no, fucking bombing no, no, no. the shit out of them i mean you know, on top of that creating but isis reason, and letting the reason yeah. why those fishing waters <clears throat> had no fish anymore uh, wasn't due to, to coastal overfishing. It's because Europe was dumping their nuclear waste off their coast. Oh, yeah, even better. Yeah, look it up. Look that one wow. up, everybody. Wow, just such a fucking scumbag. And this is and this is a less severe because it's not about killing people, but it's just also just speaks to his character. And this was like the the, the funny pull quote that everyone pulled uh, from the book. Uh, Looking back, it's embarrassing to recognize the degree to which my intellectual curiosity for those first two years of college paralleled the interests of various women I was attempting to get to know. 
Marks and Mancuse, so I had something to say. Uh, Marks and Marcuse, uh, so I had something to say to the long-legged socialist who lived in my dorm. Uh, Fannin and Gwendolyn Brooks for the smooth-skinned sociology major who never gave me a second look. For Carlton Wolf for the ethereal bisexual who wore mostly black. <laughs> As a strategy for picking up girls, my pseudo-intellectualism proved mostly worthless. Uh, I found myself in a series of affectionate but chaste friendships. Yeah, so, so, so uh, I, I just want to say to all the ethereal <laughs> bisexual women who were actual socialists who wouldn't fuck Barack Obama, good for you, girl. Yeah, no, they, I mean, they, look, you know, women aren't stupid. They they, they sniff that out right away. He's not, yes, yeah. you know. Well, and, and I love it. Like liberals immediately <clears throat> jumped on that one to say, oh, that's like, see, all Bernie Bros are trying to groom and coerce women with their Marxist whatever. It's like, no, no. Just Barack Obama and people like him who are fucking Harvard Columbia lunatics that just want to get an education to try to get some fucking punte. <clears throat> That's all it is. Right. They don't care. Right. They don't give a shit about fucking, you know, only the means of production. It's just a means to an end to impress people and then dismiss it later once it doesn't get you what you want. But, it, but it's amazing because it's like you can't even say that Obama didn't read this sort of you know that like marxist theory and things like that he just absorbed it and was like yeah fuck that that's not you know i i, I don't agree um and just totally so it, it it's not like he didn't have the means or the tools to do the things that you know he he claimed he was trying to do uh or at least you know alluded to trying to do obviously when we look back at it i think there's a lot of rose-colored glasses of like well he's talking a lot further left than any major presidential candidate in a long time and et cetera, et cetera. Right, exactly. And he <laughs> absorbed enough of it to know how to pretend to be a progressive. That's how he got so, you well, know, that, He did the same thing he was trying to do, is sleep with those women in college. He, exactly. he, <laughs> he knew the right words to say, but he didn't believe in any of it. Exactly. So, like, he definitely, you know, he's fucking gaslighter in chief. So, so what we're saying is the ethereal bisexual from Barack Obama's college was a lot smarter than most of America in 2008. <laughs> I mean, I, I fell for that shit until I no, saw I, him speak in person for the first time. And I was like, this shit is a fucking used car sales pitch. Look, like, he's... When I, when, I, yeah. when I got to hear him talk for <clears throat> 45 minutes straight, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't just clips of him... It sounding inspirational with exactly. you know, John Williams music playing behind it. Uh, I was like, "Holy shit!" He's just hypnotizing people. This is this shit's like if you just let he, him go look, on long enough, you see how fake it is. He's the best at it too. I mean, no question. He's the best sure. the CIA has ever produced. You know, they've only ever produced inferior copies since. You know, you look at Ossoff and you look at fucking Buttigieg and. Um, you know, by by the way, I was reminded the other day of how because we're you know obviously going to be reviewing John Brown, uh, uh, Good Lord Bird, which is the John Brown uh, Showtime series, and uh, I was reminded of how Pete Buttigieg called um, uh, John Brown a pretty brutal guy and like wouldn't endorse it to the actions he took, which is just Good. thank God so on the nose. Because um, if he, I mean if if Pete Buttigieg was like John Brown, good fella, I'd real be like, hero of mine. Ugh. Yeah, I, don't, oh, I no. gotta reevaluate my politics. Now. John Brown's canceled. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so actually, here I have one other quote that I wanted to read from uh, Obama's yeah. book, <clears throat> which also just proves um, 
what a sociopath he is. Uh, during the presidential campaign, I'd grown accustomed to the occasional heckler to turning up at our rallies, usually anti-abortion protesters who chat at me before being drowned out by a chorus of boos and gently escort, gently escorted out by security. Fuck you, you fucking prick. You're such full of shit. Uh, but, but more often, uh, now the hecklers would turn, uh, turn out to be those who causes, whose causes I supported, uh, activists let down by what they considered to be a lack of progress on their issues. I was greeted at several stops by protesters holding up signs calling for uh, an end to, quote, Obama. He, put, he puts the Obama's wars in quotes as if they didn't fucking start under his administration. Like, I, um, young, oh, this is, this is the real one. Young Hispanics asked why my administration was still deporting undocumented workers and separating families at the border. Something I've been assured by all the pod saved uh, bros is never actually happened during Obama's administration. And then, the, you know, you hear some semantic argument about how, well, he didn't actually have a policy of separating families at the border, which Trump does. It just he happened to also separate families at the border. And, you know, he didn't really build cages at the border. It was just rooms that they had to fence in because, you know, it's better for ventilation if there's fencing. <laughs> or, like, literally, people make this argument. People from his fucking administration make this argument argument with a straight face and don't immediately spontaneously combust afterwards mm -hmm. um here here's more from that quote <clears throat> lgbt uh where's lgbtq activists demanded uh to know why i hadn't ended the don't ask don't tell policy which forced non-straight members of the military to hide their sexual orientation a group of particularly loud and persistent college students shouted about aids funding for africa uh, didn't we increase AIDS funding? I asked Gibbs as we left uh, a rally where I'd been interrupted uh, three or four times. We did, he said. They're saying you didn't increase it enough. So he told, and, and then there's nothing after that. No, he, it, he doesn't address any of those complaints. He just, he just lists them like, because this, this, this is what these things mean to these people. These fucking rallying cries where people are like, we're literally fighting for our lives because your administration is committing atrocities you know, it, 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 human rights atrocities in all of these different ways. He just he just hand waves is like, oh, well, they, you know, they, they right. kept heckling me at my rallies and doesn't even address so, why he didn't do those things. Like, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just finished season four of The Crown the other night, and it's so good. It gets like so into like the, the class politics of, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Thatcher Especially Gillian Anderson does a great job of, of portraying Margaret Thatcher. Uh, We're an X-Files shirt right now, all, actually. Yeah, and, and just like <laughs> showing what an absolute fucking right cunt Margaret Thatcher was. Uh, and people were worried that she was going to like, you know, yes, queen, you know, girl power it up. And like, she, make she, her too likable. Yeah, I mean, she. they just show what a, just, yeah, I mean, if you thought the queen was <clears throat> cold, wait till you see Gillian Anderson as Thatcher. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the queen is definitely, that's like a big thing in the show is that the queen is just like, doesn't show emotion. Uh, and not just because that's protocol, but like she's like, no, really, I don't care about people. Like it's not in my nature. <laughs> like I don't feel emotions. <laughs> I have to fake emotions when I do show it. Um, with one exception, in when in, in like the first two seasons, that, you know, she's played by uh, Claire Foy, um, and she actually has some empathy then, and then it kind of like goes away after a while, and then that she's played by another actor uh, later on, and and they do this flashback where. You know, she has to do this tour of Africa when she's young, and she actually connects with a lot of the people who are like her subjects, right? 
And so in season four, they get to basically a point where like there's there's like 48 of the world's largest nations want to sanction South Africa for being apartheid. And the queen supports it. And Thatcher is like, fuck, no, I love apartheid. I hate black people. So like it, it, they go to war with each other, basically, in private. Right, but publicly they have to like pretend to be on the same page, but it becomes it becomes kind of a row, right? And the queen kind of like throws somebody under the bus to basically be a scapegoat for her going public with her uh, disagreeing with Thatcher, but it works, and ultimately like Thatcher uh, agrees to sanctions against South Africa, but it like it it basically ruins her because she doubled unemployment in the UK at a time when like the economy was already bad and she mm. promised to make it better. And she's like, I've only had seven years. I need another administration to get it right. And, and yeah, like she, like Gillian Anderson does her like quivering bullshit fucking delivery of her voice. So good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's like the same thing where it's, it's like, she didn't give a shit about poor people in Africa. And like, at, at least the queen had that, at least she had that going for her, <laughs> which Obama yeah. clearly doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just you know. Uh, I hope liberals read this book and understand what a fucking monster he is. But we of course know that they won't because a lot of them secretly don't give a shit about these things either, even though they pretend to. They'll they'll be like, oh yeah, well that was really a shame, and then they'll figure out a reason why it wasn't his fault and why. He was powerless to do anything as the most powerful man in the free world for eight years uh, to stop any of these things, some of which he actually implemented himself and weren't even relics of previous administrations. Yeah, it's, it's just hilarious to me. Like, do you remember when, by executive order, Obama shut down the Dakota Access pipeline, just wrote a fucking two paragraphs and signed it, and that was it? It was yeah, canceled. That's, how we, that's literally how easy it can be to... Yeah. stop any of these things and every time um, i hear a liberal say oh but the, the president can't do anything about that that's congress has to do you know it's like you think the president doesn't the white house doesn't write legislation that it pushes towards congress and says i want this i want this done all the fucking time why do you think they call it obamacare <laughs> right <laughs> oh man you know it's just yeah, no it, it's just and these are the people who act like we're political novices and like we don't know what we're talking about expecting you know better than shit out of any of these people and it's like you don't even understand how politics works like this is literally the job of the it's, president it's, is to fucking right. dictate the the policy direction of the country it's, it's not even that they don't understand how politics works it's that they don't understand how parliamentary procedure works yeah, they don't understand so. like the fucking who has the right to do what and, and the authority to do what, and, and you know who like how a filibuster works, and you know when you're over your t- like they don't they never fucking remember that shit or they never took that civics course back in high school where you learned all this crap. Literally, Joe Biden, and again, you know they're they're trying to win these Senate seats, and he could fucking guarantee a win for them in Georgia in both of those Georgia Senate seats tomorrow if he said. If you give me a majority in the House and Senate, I will make sure that every American has $2,000 a month for the duration of this pandemic to make sure that people are able to survive and stay in their homes and and keep feeding their families. Um, I will make that happen. He could say that tomorrow, and 
they would fucking run away with those two elections. But he won't say it because he doesn't want to do it. Because this fucking seems excessive. I, uh, 1K, bro. 1K. Let's keep it real, Yankee. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, literally, he could say, yeah, he could say 1,200. He could say, you know, just keep the same. And any amount. Like, he literally could say $1,000, and that would be enough to get both of those both of those guys elected in Georgia. Um, but he won't do it because his fucking capitalist overlords won't let him. And, and he ultimately doesn't want to. He does not believe that government should provide a social safety net, which is why he, for years, his entire career has talked about dismantling the social safety net, dismantling social yeah. security, dismantling Medicare, because he's a fucking Republican. He does not have any interest in actually helping people through government, you know, uh, funds through government means, which is what the fucking government exists to do. Like, that's the only reason we pay taxes. Otherwise, why the fuck are we paying taxes to the government? Why are we sending 40% of our fucking paychecks or 30, whatever it is? I don't even know. Um, to our, to the government for fucking nothing in return. <laughs> what are we paying for the cops to beat the shit out of us every fucking, you know, night yes. uh, on the streets of our cities? Like that's it. That, that's why that's the only reason we're paying taxes. We're really getting fucking hosed then. You, you know, that, that joke about, you know, in China, if they execute you, they they build a family for the bullet. I mean, that's <laughs> like literally all the things that we accuse China of that we actually do 10 times more. <laughs> Well, no, but you know what they they have this this the, their media is like propaganda. They really propagandize their citizens into thinking that <laughs> that everything the government does is great. And then, <laughs> what would that be like? Um, no, so uh, yeah, you know. And again, I guess while we're on Joe Biden, we should we should talk about <clears throat> his cabinet picks this week because you know we'd obviously mm-hmm. been discussing his uh, uh, transition team and his kind of temporary staff that he had set up and how horrible they are and you know. There was at least some hope in some segments of the left, and you know, I, I we we really weren't too optimistic, but that he would do something good with at least some of his cabinet picks to give us some kind of a bone whatsoever for for the left largely turning out to vote for him. Um, and uh, you know, it, his picks are somehow even worse, I think, than we had predicted. Like, I think I I assumed that he would try not to rock the boat and pick shitty neoliberals that like didn't really raise much ire just to kind of like, you know, they didn't have like a long history of, of, uh, shittiness, but he of course rewarded, uh, all of the, the sycophants and the, the atrocious, you know, fucking, uh, ghouls from the democratic, uh, establishment with jobs within his administration. And, uh, I guess we should get into a few. I should mention, before we get into the confirmed picks, uh, Ron, so obviously Rom was being floated uh, for a couple posts. I think they initially had talked about him as uh, transportation secretary, which is a very big post. I mean, it is, um, but it's like he's on TV. On he's like a pundit on like ABC, you know. So mm-hmm. like, would he even want to be transportation sec? Like, it's like yeah, but seems you know, like these people live on peddling almost. influence, going in and out of politics to peddle influence. So. Sure, but he's more of a media fuck now so like i don't see him even wanting that but just the fact that they would even you know offer it to him or even think about it is abhorrent rob emanuel covered up the murder of laquan mcdonald here in chicago right he should be in jail for obstruction of justice right, right. that's the only place rob emanuel should fucking be yeah no he he's literally one of the worst people in politics in the modern era in the last you know 30 years of politics one of the worst fucking soulless ghouls that we've ever seen um 
and just a real fucking prick motherfucker too. Like when you hear him talk, you're just like, I want to beat you to death. Like you, you are such a smug, arrogant, rude fucking dickhead. Like I can't believe that you've ever been elected to elected office. Like it's amazing that people ever fucking cast votes for this. Oh, fucking they just guy, they but... voted for him because he was Obama's chief of staff. That's all he he had the name recognition. That was it. I mean, just imagine hearing him give a speech and then being like, "Oh yeah, that guy that that guy seems like a nice guy. That guy seems trustworthy. I really want really want to put him in charge of my entire fucking city, one of the biggest cities in the country." Like, yeah, it, it, it's amazing to me. But <clears throat> again, we I think we we've come back to this is who a lot of the Democratic base is. They just they want a manager. They want a manager they who they can. Yeah, they don't care about policy. That that is, you know how the, all the Nazis back in the eighties that were skinheads. We're like, look, this isn't getting us anywhere. Like the, you know, the suspenders and the fucking jeans rolled up, looking like a fucking ska band shit. Like that doesn't work anymore. Like we no, just take the police exam. Let, let's let's grow, like, our grow, grow our hair out, become cops, become judges, and that's how we're gonna infiltrate society and become white supremacists. That's exactly what the Republicans did, where they decided let's run as Democrats, but just like keep pushing the same right-wing talking points we always have and nobody's yep. gonna fucking notice and then you know you say so you've got what's this fucking little piece of shit that uh, was biden's former chief of staff uh bruce reed yeah, yeah. total fucking austerity deficit hawk that uh thankfully ilhan omar and uh, aoc are currently boosting a petition against this fucker um, saying he doesn't belong in a Biden administration, it's like I, he. I mean, he kind of does, but like I don't want him there. <laughs> yeah, but, he, <laughs> like, but point is taken that they're trying to make he. This guy does not belong in politics. Not none of his fucking cabinet picks so far, and it's it's hilarious because uh, did you see that article? I think it was like Hannah Trudeau or some one of those uh, shitty neoliberal uh, online uh, r- journalists like wrote this article about how uh, progressives have have yet to find. Uh, one of one of uh, Biden's uh, cabinet picks oh, yeah. that they that they that they don't find uh, progressive well, enough or something. I mean, I I think progressive is just like one slight step to the right of liberal. So to the left, to me, or to yeah. the whatever the this fucking same thing. Yeah, like if, if you're not gonna call yourself, if you're not gonna fucking identify as a socialist or a communist uh, or an anarchist uh, in the year 2020, after every fucking thing you've seen, right? Like. <laughs> I have no use for the term progressive. It's just it's just like, oh, I'm just waffling. Just waffling. Just got into politics a few years ago. Progressive. Like it, it well, literally, and, and it's it, been taken over by the, the the least fucking you know left progressive whatever you want yeah, to call them. I mean, they're they're on the trying planet. to to hop on the socialist label too. Like, well, I'm a socialist, but I still support Joe Biden. <clears throat> shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm, so, an, I'm an anarcho Bidenist. Anarcho Biden. Fucking meme was hilarious. Yeah, no, there's no, a real guy it, who, think, who who claims oh, to be it. like it's just it. unbelievable. Anarchist Bidenist, I love it. Anarcho Bidenist. It's hilarious. Um, this little fucker's name is Bruce Reed because it just he actually his name is the same as Ralph Reed of the you know Ralph Reed uh, Reagan Youth Revolution, mm-hmm. so so called revolution, uh, and he yeah. he looks a little bit like him too. Like he's just like a short little fucker in a suit, basically. Um, but 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 the the thing with Ram was so so that you know obviously everyone including like you said AOC and Rashida and Ilhan and all these people were like yeah that's not gonna happen that's not acceptable he's he, Ram Emanuel is a fucking piece of shit he has no right. business being in your administration so 
the the Biden team was like, well, you know, now we're going to consider him for uh, U.S. trade representative, a less visible post. <laughs> it's like, no, you motherfuckers, you're not getting it. You can't. But again, the Democratic Party is all just a fucking professional class party full of people who constantly are trying to get their their uh, their cronies jobs. Like that's all that's all any of them care about. That's you know, and we saw it unfortunately with a lot of fucking people. But Bernie picked for his campaign they might have won if they didn't pick some of these fucking um careerists masquerading as uh you know progressives if, if you want to use that term uh who the second that you know bernie uh fell behind uh urged him to drop out and then went and got jobs right away with the biden team like it's just it, these people are fucking soulless I mean, pe- they don't people care been about talking anything. this week about how his campaign manager faiz shakur might have been a plant all along. Because when Biden uh, chose, um, the fuck was it? Uh, Ron Klain. Yeah, yeah. As his, uh, his chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie's former campaign manager, Friday Shakur, said, Solid choice. Leaders around the world will assume that when. Oh, no, this is actually about uh, Anthony Blinken, his. Uh, yeah, what I say? Sec- uh, not- He's the Secretary of State, Blinken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're yeah, going to yeah. talk about him in a second here. I got my, I got the two fuckers' names mixed up. Um, so he said, solid choice about Blinken. Uh, leaders around the world will assume that when Blinken speaks, he speaks for Biden. Like, like, like they didn't assume that Pompeo spoke for Trump. Like that's pretty. <laughs> they're pretty much lined up. Like there's not, there's no daylight between them. There's also no daylight between Blinken and Pompeo. Uh, and somebody, you know, people were obviously pissed off that Bernie's campaign manager would say something so wrong uh, and just stupid. But then somebody replied to him, some guy named Rom Kaysen at Kaysen Band. <laughs> so he's got a band. Love all the replies to this news from leftist dudes who never heard of this guy until tonight. <laughs> and... <laughs> So I replied to him. I was like, "Yeah, crazy how long it took all of three minutes to learn what a piece of shit he is." Yeah, right. <laughs> like as if that's some argument. Like, well, you didn't even dislike this guy until we until he picked him for for one of the like, most important jobs in the fucking country. Right. It's like, yeah, because I read three things about him. I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking piece of shit. Like, right. I want him nowhere. You near. literally can shake a tree, and ten thousand of these people will fall off <clears throat> in in Washington D.C. So. Yeah, exactly. I got a lot to read here about him. I'm going to try to get through this real, you know, just kind of zip through it. Yeah, yeah. But just his record, um, you know, a lot of the stuff you could probably read this to a liberal and they'd be like, I don't see anything wrong with this. But it is real shit, yeah. It, it's it's like, you know, when you when you really know what these think tanks do for money, it's insidious, right? So I'm just going to... Jump into it here. So, from 2009 to 2013, Anthony Blinken served as Deputy Assistant to the President and National Security Advisor to the Vice President. In this position, he also helped craft U.S. policy on Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the Iranian nuclear program. So, we've said we like the Iran nuke deal. Good policy. Uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan, not so good. Uh, Bomb the fuck out of those countries. Of Obama's 2011 decision to kill Osama bin Laden, Blinken said, I've never seen a more courageous decision made by a leader, end quote. <laughs> really? Never. That's... that's Really? Uh... <laughs> so murdering the guy who should have been arrested and put on trial and brought to justice, that, that would have been the brave thing to do. But instead, we just fucking yeeted him, 
right? <laughs> and maybe who we, knows? We, like we've never actually, you know. Right. I mean, there's, you know, there's. Yeah, they, there's probably they, a reason they, they got they. They fucking cremated. dumped his body in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, and Burial there's like one sea. picture of like a totally shot up corpse, or like, oh no, that's him. Don't worry about it. Right. Look, he's tall. Like, <laughs> and it might have been. I'm not saying it definitely wasn't, but like they should have arrested him and brought him back. Right. I mean, all we did, all Obama did, was prove to the world that we were the bully that Osama bin Laden always said we were. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. Right. So uh, Blinken's profile goes on here. Uh, a 2013 profile described him as one of government's key players in drafting Syria policy. Syria mm. policy. Yeah. Great. That, that's been great. <laughs> that's been that's been a great great <sighs> rousing success. We dropped what twenty thousand bombs in Obama's last year. We dropped so many office. bombs on Syria. We ran out of bombs. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was a brief, they had a brief respite because we had to go uh, and that bu- was, build right, more bombs. Right, and that was when Barack Obama was president, not Donald Trump. So, all right, continuing here. Blinken was pivotal in the form, uh, formulation of the Obama administration's response to the 2014 Crimea crisis <clears throat> in a speech at the Brookings Institute, great institution. Yep. In 2014, Blinken emphasized that a wide and expansive sanctions regime was critical, focusing on Russian President Vladimir Putin's inner circles and the Republican public at large. The first prong is necessary to deter oligarchs from risking American-based assets, while later, or the later latter prong, sorry, while the latter prong is necessary to, quote, demonstrate to the Russian people that there is a very hefty fine for supporting international criminals like Putin. So just blatantly saying, like, no, we're punishing the people for the person who's in charge of your country. Like just like saying the you know the quiet part out loud that sanctions don't hurt Putin they hurt the Russian people or right. the people of any country that we're sanctioning, so he's fine with admitting that. So that'd be, it'd be like you know if um, what's her name um, Clinton's sec of state that originally said that uh, oh, killing Susan Rice no 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 that uh, sanctions on Iraq killing half a million kids was was oh fine. oh fucking um um. Janet Reno? No. No. Who the fuck was it? Oh, uh, Albright. Madeline Albright. Albright. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then she like walked it back, and every time she got asked, she got pissed off about it. She's like, I apologize for that. This guy's just saying, like, no, killing half a million children is the, is the price the citizens need to learn, the fine they have to pay, right? So, all right, where was I here? Uh, in 2017, Blinken co-founded. All right, here we go. This is good. In 2017, Blinken co-founded West Exec Advisors. Remember that name, a political strategy <clears> advising <throat> firm with Michelle Flornery, Sergio Aguirre, and Nitin Chada. West Exec's client work includes analyzing potential acquisitions and investments for geopolitical risk. Acquisitions meaning like who are we going to coup next? Basically, yeah, right. <sighs> and what's the risk acquisitions of, yeah. of natural resources? Maybe, maybe, yeah, or maybe not oil. When you talk about the term acquisitions of other countries, like that—that's a—that's a war crime, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's literally—it's—it's it's like the oldest war crime. It's like the the right. definitional war crime is like stealing another country's land and/or resources, which Israel is just about to do here. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, and offering insight on regulatory matters, policy changes in the U.S. and key. International markets, industry-specific, and macroeconomic trends, and political intelligence. West Exec also helps clients expand market access in China while safeguarding against trade tensions between the U.S. and China. West Exec's clients have included 
Google's jigsaw, some internal thing they have, uh, Israeli artificial intelligence company Winward. Oh, just great. just think about that. Israeli artificial intelligence company, like just. I'm sure they won't use that tech frame nefarious purposes. They're they're a real I mean, stand up uh, country when it comes to human rights. Just your mind goes straight to like whatever the worst Black Mirror episode you've seen. <laughs> right. Is, <laughs> right. You know, like oh, you're I'm a sure soldier test- who kills homeless people, but in your brain, what you see is that they're a monster, and we just yeah, okay. I'm sure they won't use the the the, the people that happen to be trapped in an open air prison, uh, you know, right next to them right. as guinea pigs, and and you know, in in any kind of experiments with that AI or anything. Right. Yes, continue. And the third client is just termed uh, Fortune 100 types, mm. right? So, uh, in an interview with the Intercept. Uh, Flornery, his business partner, explained that West Exec seeks to employ, quote, people recently coming out of government with, quote, current knowledge, expertise, contacts, and networks. So, like, we talk about a revolving door between people in the public sector and the private sector. You realize it's not really a revolving door. It's all one giant fucking conglomerate. It's all one cartel. It's one building. It's one cabal, basically. The intelligence community, private sector... Raytheon, Boeing. It's a building Google, with a lot of different Amazon. It's all one fucking thing. They all communicate. Yeah. yeah. So Blinken um, is also a partner yeah. uh, of private equity firm Pine Island Capital Partners. Sounds mm. harmless and innocuous. <laughs> According to the firm's website, <laughs> Blinken worked on the DC Partners team, which works, quote, in tandem with the investment team to source deals, conduct analysis, win bids, close transactions, and directly advise. And quote, the firm's portfolio companies. That's not, that sentence doesn't, this is all from Wikipedia, so there might be some typos and fragment sentences in here. So uh, Pine Island's chairman is John Thane, the the final chairman of Merrill Lynch's, uh, the final chairman of Merrill Lynch before its sale to Bank of America. Blinken recused himself from Pine Island Capital Partners in 2020 to serve as a senior foreign policy advisor with the Biden campaign. So this this last part here is just... I, I sent this to my mother. My mother was even disgusted. So that's saying something here. So And then she probably forgot five minutes later. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. You know, I'm trying to remind her of this stuff. Uh-huh. I had her. She actually read an article on Jacobin about this guy and was like, invested in it and was like looking up and more I, things yeah. so i was i was impressed so and i'm not saying like oh she forgot but like it's just unfortunately a lot of liberals have just been conditioned to rationalize things like this where they just oh. say yeah well you know i mean at least they're not as bad as republican when it's like no they are they're literally the same they're just better at hiding it because they're the the in 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 the fucking pro well, wrestling match they're playing the good guy even though they're the, both you the have, bad guy. i mean the, like the mass media knows its job is to put people back to sleep. Literally, this is from The Atlantic. I'm just going to read the headline here Mm. and the byline. From The Atlantic, fucking neoliberal hellscape, The Atlantic. David Frum, managing editor. Yeah. Uh, Biden's sleepily reassuring appointments. (laughs) Biden's sleepily reassuring appointments. Go to sleep, everybody. Yeah. There's your cue. Bill Bill Hicks, go back to sleep, America. (laughs) Here's 36 channels of American Gladiators. Go back way, to sleep, America. Re- real quick, I just you, when you mentioned Madeline Albright, do you remember last year when she had that book signing and somebody asked her about that about killing 500,000 uh, Iraqi kids through through sanctions? And she called him a disgusting Serb as she was being pulled out of the uh, 
<laughs> Book signing, good right. times. Well, people have realized that like she said it once and meant it, and then when she she's gotten asked about it at like almost every single event she does, right? Mm-hmm. And she's just like furious that she has to like keep apologizing. At least, she, yeah, right. so, At least she's got some animus to her. Anytime anyone confronts Kissinger, he just sits there like a fucking blob <laughs> right. as, they, as they get dragged out of the room. It doesn't say anything. There's nothing you can do to make me feel regret. Or just remorse. does does his evil little chuckle and moves on <laughs> right. to his fucking yeah. So this is the, the the byline to this headline: Biden's sleepily reassuring appointments is. If you wonder how Biden's appointments will govern. Just close your eyes and imagine yourself <laughs> back in 2016 Great. by Granny Wood, staff writer at The Atlantic. Just, just yeah. where I want to be back in 2016. Literally, the best, literally best just time. close your eyes and just imagine West Wing. That's the. <laughs> Did you see that? Fuck. I think he actually retweeted the, the fucking the most hilariously stupid clip from the West Wing ever, where the oh. guy's just like. <laughs> Gets out of a taxi cab and starts screaming. Stop the car. Stop the car. You want a piece of me? Come on. Let's go. And you're like, who is he yelling at? And then it just cuts to a picture of like the White House like miles away. You know, I think it was Congress. Yeah. I I was like, this has to be. This cannot be. This is this is cut like the funniest comedy of all time. Like the the editing of that scene. I was like, this there's no way Aaron Sorkin doesn't think this is hilarious. But I know he does. Like I know he's totally serious. Totally totally serious about it. It's it's (laughs) like if you watched a Vic uh, Vic Berger video, but it like wasn't re edited. Like that's what the West Wing is. So oh, and it, and it was our and it was our 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 uh, our, our favorite Bradley Whitford, the, the oh, man yeah. who who never understands yeah. why he's casting the roles that he's casting. Right, <laughs> but, oh my god! J- just for fun, like I woke up really early this morning, like two hours earlier than my alarm I had set, and just like you know, you get on YouTube and YouTube's like, hey, w- what do we want? This, what do we yeah. want you to watch? And sometimes it's like it's a new thing, and sometimes it's like I think you've seen a hundred times. <clears throat> and it was the the Key and Pill Gremlins two sketch which is the funniest most genius piece of sketch comedy uh, that i've ever seen anywhere and if you know like i i haven't been as big of a fan as jordan of jordan peele's horror films as i am of the work he did comedically on key and appeal the more i watch that show the more i'm convinced that he he is a genius in kind of everything i'm just not that big of a horror comedy genre fan but Go watch that yeah. sketch. Like, pause us and go watch the the, the Key and Peele Gremlins to uh, pitch meeting sketch. I think he's more of a he's a, he's just a great he, concept guy. Like, he just comes up with great. But he's concepts. such a good fucking comedic actor. Comedic acting oh, he is, is so 100%. hard. I mean, it comedic is. editing kind of like seals the deal, but. You know, just just comedic knowing... timing is is really difficult oh, to it's... to master the way he he has in that show. So. Right, and he's ten times better than the other guy who went and did game shows. Like he's like they're good yeah. together. There, there's a reason he's hosting game shows now, right. and Jordan Peele is making <laughs> hundred, you know, three hundred million dollar blockbuster movies. Exactly, exactly. So uh, back original to ideas. Blinking here, just to close this fucking shit show out. All right, so last paragraph I got here. Antony Blinken was a foreign policy advisor for Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. On June 17, 2020, Blinken said that Biden, quote, would not tie military assistance to Israel to things like annexation or other decisions by the Israeli government, which we might 
disagree. Yep. And an annexation uh, of the West Bank would be condemned as illegal by, by the United Nations and would break international law. Right. So, j- just again, annexation is Israel basically just saying all of the West Bank, you know, basically half of Palestine, we're just taking that. It's ours now. Which is an act of war and an act of genocide. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what the, all they've ever done as 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 a, the, the Israel's existence as a country has been just, hey, you know that land that's yours, we're just going to take that now, right? You know, well, I mean, which I is would, what we. I, I would argue that the foundation of Israel was, yeah, I mean, that was that was the British mandate. Like the rest of the world kind of signed off on making that. It wasn't like Jewish Europeans just showed up there and was like, "This is no, ours no, now." No, no, no. I, I agree. Like it, the, it, the it, world, we did really. I mean, Americans yeah. and Europeans did. You know exactly, exactly. But since then, they've been just like, "Oh, this is ours now. This is ours now." Um, you're going to be a second class citizen. Exactly. You have to, you know, stand for two hours to go through this turnstile to get to your job. Uh, oh, you're protesting. We're going to shoot you in the fucking head with a tear gas canister, right. and now it's sticking out of your mouth, and you're dead. Which right. was rooted, by the way, in the U.S. being like, "Oh, well, we don't want those, you know, those dirty Jews here. We they give them their own country because that's what we did in the fucking World War II. We turned yeah, them away we, we by the boatload when they I mean, were being there was, there fucking still, murdered." By- right. Well, that's why you know, like the the fucking guy that uh, Biden appointed to, um, to be the head of the DHS, who he, they call Latino, even though he's got a oh, God. His first name is what Alejandro, and his last name is like Heimlich. Like he's just based. Like he's only one generation. Well, and, yeah, away and you from look being and you look at this German. guy, <laughs> and he looks like Jeff Bezos's like twin brother. Like he's he's yeah. super white. He's like got blue eyes, and he's like the whitest white can be. And they're like, oh, first Latino appointment to the to the Department of Enslaving Children. His name might as well be their- Gus Anno, like you know, like Gusat, like you know, like he's such right. a fucking. Yeah, no, this so this guy's like the biggest stereotypical like Gusano white fucking, you right. know, Spaniard like And, and I honestly fake. couldn't find anything that was like Cuban. real standout red flag bad about this guy, but he's gonna be in charge of ICE and the Department of Homeland Investigations, which is the organization who, you know, back when I was working at Department of State and Passport Services, I could see on my screen when somebody whose passport was being held up for a year and a half that it was DHI. <laughs> Right, because they were looking for any possible mistake on your application for your passport because we don't recognize dual citizenship. So as soon as you become naturalized, you have to get a U.S. passport to leave the country and do things like uh, go back and see your family if they might be dying in your home country, right, your old country. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for any possible mistake to not only just deny your passport, but to revoke your legal citizenship. That's what DHI under DHS does, right? So... No matter who this guy is or how nice he is, are those policies going to change? Right? Are, are, was there any going to be any change of policy? I hope so, because this guy seems like he's not that much of a ghoul, other than me and a Gusano. Well, he's, he but, hasn't had a ton of experience. I think he, this will be this will be his cutting his, him cutting his teeth. Like he seems like he's going to just be a puppet for whatever the uh, the the Biden administration's line is on Latin America, and right. we have. A, pretty good preview because every time joe biden you know much like madeline albright every time he's asked about the atrocities of the obama administration when it comes to immigration he says well you should just go vote for trump then which means i'm going to do exactly what we did during the obama administration which was uh, deport more people (laughs) than any administration previously are are, are we going to stop building that wall you know no (laughs) no of course not did you see that video of the there's there's this fucking (laughs) video 
where it's yep. like footage of these guys who are like literally building Trump's wall, and mm-hmm. as they're sitting there working, this guy like climbs over it and rappels down it and just like runs away. <laughs> right, right. So, like literally, we we just built like a fitness climbing wall because <laughs> you could just go right over there. It's just only like thirty five feet get tall. Into, get into America. Like you can just um, t- get some suction cups with handles and, and just the slat. The slats it. are not that thin. Like you, like a skinny, but like I couldn't fit through there. But like a really skinny person right. could could fit through one of those fucking slats. Um, so uh, real quick on on. Um, I'm blinking. I just I have a couple more little just f- yeah. like quick tidbits on him from uh, Kevin Gostola, who's a, a great independent reporter. He was the one who actually was reporting daily from the Assange trial, the one that uh, Glenn Greenwald exposed that the Intercept didn't want to hire because his politics were too divisive or something of that nature. Uh, even though he was doing good, rep- really good reporting on the Assange trial. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. Uh, where is it? Tony Blinken is Biden's pick for Secretary of State. In Obama's administration, he was Deputy uh, Secretary of State. He was also National Security Advisor to Biden during Obama's first term. From 94 to 01, he was part of President Bill Clinton's National Security Council. Uh, Blinken is a devout believer in American exceptionalism. He sees Biden as a president who will put, quote, globe back on its axis after Trump. Uh, to Blinken, world uh, the world has little chance of survival if the U.S. doesn't dictate its future. Uh, he expressed these views Dictate of the U.S. the world's future. That sounds yep. vaguely fascist. Yeah, no, not at, not at all fascist. Um, after the U.S. House of Representatives voted to arm so-called rebel groups in Syria in two, 2014, we've talked plenty about them, you know, and how they're just fucking Al-Qaeda with a different name. Uh, MSNBC's Joe Scarborough asked Blinken uh, about concerns that arms could, quote, end up in the wrong hands. Blinken brushed aside concerns uh, and maintained that the U.S. would vet and give arms to, quote, the right people. Um, in March 2016, the LA Times... When have we ever given arms to the wrong person and had a blowback effect? No, never, that? never, never. You know, And of course, we, we, we again, we want to recognize the brave uh, soldiers of the Mujahideen uh, who fought, fought for freedom right. <laughs> alongside us. It's not like us. we gave the airplanes from 9-11 to Al-Qaeda. Like, they stole that. Like, we didn't give them those box cutters, so you can't say that we can't. Was that yeah. Rambo 1 or 2 where they had that that little thing at the end, you know, thanking the brave soldiers, fight, freedom fighters, and the Mujahideen? I for it was 3. I thought 3 was the one where they were all like, yay, go Taliban, let's go fight the Ruskies. <laughs> it might have been 3, I don't know. Um, but, and of course, yeah. like the New York Times was like, you know, that, that article where the New York Times did a profile on Osama bin Laden praising him as a freedom fighter. Because it's just, just completely on brand. To, so on brand. You know, like, hey, that um, Hitler, uh, you got you can't deny he rouses the crowd, and, you know, he doesn't really hate the Jews. He's just saying that because he's a populist. What's wrong with oh, that? Just as a follow-up to that vet and give arms to the right people, this is the, and I, we've talked about how funny this shit was before. In March 2016, the LA Times reported that, quote, CIA armed units and Pentagon armed militias have repeatedly shot at each other while maneuvering through contested <laughs> territory. <laughs> The northern outskirts of Aleppo in Syria. <laughs> so we armed so many fucking terrorists in, in Syria that we literally had two different groups fu- armed by different wings of the government shooting each other. Right. That's how that's how stupid and fucking pointless it is of us to, to ever have been in Syria in the I, first place. Is that we have no we don't even know who the fuck we're supporting. We have groups shooting at each other who don't fucking 
There's got to be. Um, I'm, I'm convinced I've seen a movie at some point in my life where there was like two undercover narco cops that tried to arrest each other. Or it's actually because there's a comedy sketch about that. Right. <laughs> Probably um, Key and Peele. Um, in a, yeah. Wait, a couple more things. Here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in October 2012, the New York Times reported that the U.S. supported Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Uh, th- um, sorry, that the U.S. that the U.S. supported Saudi Arabia and Qatar as they sent uh, rifles and grenades to Syrian quote opposition groups. These largely went to quote hardline Islamic jihadists. Blinken, Blinken likely knew this fact yet he still championed arming the quote unquote rebels. Uh, after the Ghouta chemical attack in Syria uh, on August 21st, 2013, Blinken provided Congress with a briefing on the attack. And this is, of course, the one that we've proven was done by the fucking rebels and wasn't actually done by the Syrian government, which was the State Department line, mm-hmm. uh, which he, I'm sure, was responsible for crafting. Uh, Blinken told pr- uh, press uh, Congress would uh, recognize, quote, chemical weapons were used on August 21st against civilians in Syria, and the Assad regime is the one that used them. Journalist Seymour Hirsch reported on cherry picking of, ev- of intelligence. Officials overlooked evidence. Intel agencies knew that al-Nusra, a group affiliated with al-Qaeda, had, quote, mastered mechanics of creating sarin and was capable of manufacturing it in Syria. Uh and there's just a bunch of other things like that. I mean, oh, mm-hmm. oh, we, here's a good one. On CNN in May 2014, Blinken said NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden, quote, broke the law. He should come back to the United States to face the law. He can make his case here fully and freely, but he should come back and face the consequences of his actions, and we would welcome him doing so. Um, Which he said he's completely willing to do if the DOJ can promise him a fair trial, which the DOJ has not been able to promise him. No. They no, haven't even tried to promise him. Because they know it would be a complete political show trial. Yeah. Um, yeah, Seymour Hersh is good. If you know, uh, he got his start in uh, being a famous journalist. Uh, is Vietnam, the guy right? that... Uh, uh, well, I mean, he didn't <clears throat> discover the My Lamb Massacre, but he was the first person to report on it once it was, you know, put out there. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, do you have the... Um, I want to get to our audio or our uh, video clips or audio. I guess it's audio because it's a fucking podcast, not a video show. Uh, do you have uh, either one of those you can pull up here? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get to. Well, you want to? We want to wrap up Biden, and we'll just get to the Jamal Bowman thing before we get out of here. Well, I, I want to talk about uh, Biden's pick for dra- director of national intelligence, and there was one other thing I was going to get to here that's uh, a little bit unassociated, but I just want to make sure we didn't. Skip our video. All right, segment. yeah. Let me. I'll, let me so. I'll play the Biden thing quick, and then we we've got to wrap this up. All right. Thirdly, we discussed the need to help states with Title Thirty Two funding for the National Guard. That's a fancy way of saying governors governors need to be able to get funding when they disp- when they dis- they need to uh, and, and bring bring their National Guard into play. And National Guards are going to have to play this. It costs a lot of money. So his funding. Why does he say it like that? Like, what is he? Why is he? Because he, he was trying to give him. He was trying to give himself time to remember what his the the, the next word he was trying to say. Because again, his fucking it, it just brain is mush. Yeah, uh, clearly. And and what he's talking about Title Thirty Two. Like, <clears throat> we don't have the question he was responding to. But basically, people were talking about, or you know, the question was something about you know, what do you, you know. The question was essentially about unrest, you know, 
protests, whatever. Title 32 is basically uh, an executive order that governors can issue so that the National Guard can operate as law enforcement. Mm. So, you know, that whole, like, what is that? Uh, Which I thought was illegal thing. in the Constitution. Well, the military, <laughs> so the military military isn't allowed to operate as police. So they're not supposed to be con- by yeah. the Constitution. But the National Guard totally can. Operate. Even though they're the exact same, th- you know, conceptually the exact same right. thing. They just have less training, you know, right. like the guys that they show in the commercial, like throwing the sandbags when there's a flood, that whole thing. Like, no, yeah. they they're, they go <clears throat> through the exact same basic training. They just usually don't go through as much specialized training. And they just, you know, one, one week, a, you know, a month, they go and drill, basically. Yeah. Right. Um so, yeah, he's just saying, like, well, the, the solution is we have to have more funding, you know, fund the police more and fund the National Guard more so that the National Guard can operate as the police. Yep. That's that's what could go wrong. Like what? way to read the fucking room, Joe Biden. <clears throat> <sighs> so. So, you know, exactly. It's more of what we expected from Biden. You know, just just atrocity after atrocity for. For these picks, but um, this is who he is. You know, this is who Joe Biden is. This is who he knew he was. This is why we were saying we cannot support him under any circumstances. But liberals just don't give a fuck. So you know, this next four years is gonna fucking suck. Uh, hopefully, he dies like early in his administration. But oh, then again, then we get it's the not like cop. it's gonna change at all. Yeah, we get then the we get cop. the yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, uh, speaking of uh, the police or CIA. Again, uh, this week, Biden also um, already announced his uh, pick for director of national intelligence uh, is a lady by the name of Avril Haynes. Avril. Avril. Yeah. Avril. Avril. Advil. Avril Haynes was the uh, the first woman to ever hold the office of the deputy director of the CIA. Uh, in 2015, this is a great resume builder, you know, if you really want to, like, prove your loyalty yep. to the fucking deep state. In 2015, Haynes was tasked with determining—I'm going to read this really slow because there's a lot to process here. In 2015, Haynes was tasked with determining whether CIA personnel involved in the hacking, which means they did the hacking, of the computers— of Senate staffers who were authoring the Senate Intelligence Committee report on CIA torture would be disciplined. Haynes chose not to discipline them, overruling the CIA Inspector General. And if that wasn't bad enough, subsequently she was involved in the CIA project of redacting the Senate report on torture before its release. Oh, great. So she helped cover up the torture. So it's again- literally the plot of the report starring Adam Driver, she was the like the unseen character who was fucking behind all that shit. <laughs> who, 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 you know, like Feinstein, for as awful as she is, she's in this movie like trying to get the truth out, right? And she's basically at odds with the CIA. And it's, it's like, okay, so if, this, if, if the CIA can hack the Senate, hack the Senate's computers, which is what Julian Assange was apparently uh, being accused of, but you can just pardon them for that, for that criminal act. Right? No, they're patriots. It's all right. It's right. All right so the CIA patriot. can torture people. The Senate, Folks. which is the government, I'm pretty sure the Senate is the government, but then the 
the CIA gets to redact the Senate's report on how the CIA tortured people, who's actually fucking in charge? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, There's, we know it's the fucking CIA. Right. Like, it's just like why? Why even pretend to have a, a Senate Oversight Committee of the CIA if the CIA gets to fucking, you know, re-edit what the Senate gets to tell the public? How how, how is how is this how is Avril any fucking better than Gina Haspel? Like, she didn't torture anybody by hand, but she facilitated and covered for Gina Haspel and all the atrocities. She just pardoned all the people that tortured. Yeah, no, it's two wings of the exact same fucking apparatus, the exact same machinery that fucking put into place this, this policy, this U S policy of fucking torturing people of committing fucking war crimes. Like this is, uh, this is who Joe Biden is. I like, I don't know why I'm getting good work, but this is who fucking Joe Biden is. This is what we're going to get for the next four years. And our job is to shove this in the face of every fucking liberal that we know constantly, no matter how much they fucking protest, because this is who they support. If they don't fucking stop supporting and voting for these fucking ghouls, we will never be rid of these people. And because they're all over government, there's so few people in government who aren't like this. But Anthony, she was the first woman to ever hold the office. Like I know she broke, she broke glass ceilings. A lot of you Bernie like, Bros don't realize what this means to you know young girls who can look up. This whole conversation is like very Avril sexist, Frank, frankly. I, uh, I do and have say, to say someday I too <clears throat> want to pardon people who committed torture and hack the Senate. <laughs> yes, well, Queen. You know, so. We, I, I do apologize for our sexism in this segment because that's that's clearly I think the takeaway um, yeah. from it. So remember we were talking about Blinken and his little uh, private uh, consulting firm. Yeah, uh, you remember the name of it? Uh, what? No, nah, I remember. It was West something. Yeah. So just to continue here, we'll wrap up Haynes. Haynes has consulted, of course, consulted. <laughs> it's just the fucking favorite thing. You're like, what does it even mean? What do you do? You just talk to people and they pay you money. I get money and I do horrible things on their behalf. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what consulting is in the U.S. government. Haynes has consulted for a variety of for-profit entities with business interests related to American national security policy, including Palantir Technologies and West Exec. <laughs> just yeah like in late 2000 or i'm sorry in late june 2020 shortly after taking on the role of overseeing foreign policy and national security considerations for the joe biden presidential campaign transition team references references to palantir and other corporations for which she had worked were abruptly removed from her resume as posted on the website of the brookings institute oh <laughs> There's a Brookings Institute again. Just yeah. it's the same it's fucking exactly. circle of disgusting fucking ghouls who just sell, you know, all of our fucking information and and you know it just yeah. I mean, this, this is just exactly what we're gonna get for the next four years. So I just anyone that thinks that Joe Biden's gonna pick Bernie as his labor secretary at this point, I just what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like it. it <laughs> It would actually be hilarious if he did because it would just be so out of left. It'd just, but it's right, not it'd just be like, what, does he doesn't even give a shit. He's like, not going to yeah. let him do anything. And Liz Warren. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you going to do with that job? Like, well, yeah, he, like, just, he just fucking threw somebody into tr- uh, Treasury Secretary when everyone's like, oh, Liz Warren's going to get it. Like, no, it's just not. No, oh, Janet not. Yellen, the huge deficit hawk who's going to probably try to cut Social Security and Medicare <laughs> as the Secretary of Treasury, who's okay. n- almost no better than Steve Mnuchin. Um, yeah, just again, this is who they are. 
This is who this party is. Um, this is who they will always be until we stop voting for them. <sighs> well, uh, so you know, just to mildly contradict what I was just saying, um, there, there is, there was, there are still a few bright spots. You know, who managed to 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 sneak their way into the Democratic Party um, and haven't been ruined yet. Uh, and Jamal Bowman is one of them. He is a rep from um, Yonkers, actually, which is, you know, close to my old stomping grounds. I have a lot of family that still live in Yonkers. Uh, and he was one of the uh, people voted in uh, in this most recent election to Congress. And he actually was on CNN talking about Biden's cabinet picks and they asked him about them and he uh, started bringing up Rahm Emanuel and see if he noticed something interesting that happens when he starts talking about darling of CNN Rahm Emanuel. Uh, and we'll just pick up where we left off. We were talking about the uh, cabinet selection uh, process for, for Biden uh, and Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont uh, had, to, had this to say. It would be, for example, enormously insulting if Biden put together a team of rivals and there's some discussion that that's what he intends to do, which might include Republicans and conservative Democrats, but which ignored the progressive community. I think that would be very, very unfortunate, Bernie Sanders had to say. Uh, So based on Biden's elections so far, uh, do you see anyone that's progressive enough for you? Well, first, let me say off the top, thank you so much for having me. Uh, When I hear names like Rahm Emanuel uh, being floated as part of Biden's cabinet, considering the fact that he covered up the murder of Laquan McDonald uh, in Chicago, considering the fact that he closed over 50 elementary schools and 30 mental health institutions, uh, it's incredibly alarming and... So uh, we we lost the congressman elect there. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll try to bring him back. <laughs> I mean, right. it's just so beyond parody. Like, just his, his connection. Just no, no, no prior issues. Just happened to completely drop off the second he started listing Rob Emanuel's atrocities as mayor right. of Chicago. So um, the producer in here was like, "Cut his mic! Cut his mic! Cut his mic!" You can hear someone snapping in the background, like. You can actually hear somebody, if you listen to that clip, closely snapping in the background. I don't even know what the fuck that was about. I was like, get, get, come right. on, get him off the air. Let's go, let's go. Cut yeah. the feed. Yeah. We're going to try to get him back on and, uh, at a later date when we'll, we'll never discuss this ever again. Right. Yeah, yeah no, because he went off be... script. He went off script. She was like, well, is there anyone who's progressive enough for you? And he's like, well, right. I'll tell you who's not, fucking Rob Emanuel, <laughs> who covered up a murder and... <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing that the it's amazing our message never gets to the liberals who just watch mainstream media. It's amazing, <laughs> right? Because this is what fucking happens. You 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 start talking truth for two seconds on air, and you you're immediately well, yanked off. You know, I'm sure somebody's going to sit down with him and correct his wrong think the same way as they're going to do with Corey Bush, who also won, which is awesome. Who also had some awesome moments on cable news recently. Uh, yeah, where where I'm sure she'll never be invited back on again. But um. Yeah, I you know, and we talk about this a lot with AOC and the rest of the squads. Like, just something happens when you get in there. Like, they still are better than the rest of them, but it's just it, it erodes your it's, your your fucking principles like slowly. Right. Well, it, it, you know, I mean, it's it is peer pressure, but it's also it's peer pressure by the government, right? Like, it's yeah. it's the Bill Hicks bit where it's like, with you know, they sit you down in a room and they pull down a little screen and they show you a 
a uh, camera yeah. angle of the yeah. Kennedy assassination from you know an angle that you've never seen before. And it's like right. any questions? <laughs> yeah. So, but you know that's that's great uh, that he that he at least was got the chance to get that on air for for a little bit. And then you know pro- they it, stupidly probably not many people would have even seen that clip, but because they caught him off so blatantly, that yeah. clip really made the rounds. It was trending on Twitter. So, uh, you know, they really, the, they Streisand affected themselves into, you know, obscurity oh, no. again. It's, you know, um, they don't even, you know, they, they, they know, fuck, they know that know. the people that they have to prevent the message from getting to are the people are not that, on Twitter. That's, yeah, exactly. Solely watch cable news, right? And right. the people on Twitter they know are all, you know, like that's, they don't give a shit, right? But then they still pretend that like, you know, uh, 6,000 impressions, or no, 600,000 impressions on Twitter swung an election. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, yeah. Um, and by the way, he tweeted uh, later that day, the revolution will not be televised, which I which I really thought was great. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, one other, uh, well, a couple other great moments. Um, but one other, one of my favorite things that happened on Twitter or, you know, was widely discussed on Twitter was how, uh, you know, in, in like the final last grasping at straw, at straws? What the fuck is a straw? Straws. <laughs> uh <laughs> One of Trump's lawyers uh, claimed that Hugo Chavez rigged our 2020 election. Uh, Impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Hugo Chavez has now joined uh, Stalin, Lenin, Chairman Mao, uh, amongst the ranks of communists who have sabotaged capitalism from beyond the grave because <laughs> Hugo Chavez died in 2013. <laughs> so, right. got to pour one out for a champ. Right. Unreal. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, let's get out of here because we still have to review uh, Good Lord yeah, Bird. So that should be coming Good later. Bird. I did want to also real quick mention, this is this is awesome, great, positive news. And I want to make sure we don't just turn into the, you know, bitch about Biden podcast. So I want to try to focus on some good things here um, real quick before we jump out. Amazon's headline, Amazon warehouse workers in Alabama file to hold unionization vote which is fucking awesome. So brand new Amazon Fulfillment Center, I love that fucking fascist term, uh, just opened up in March, employs 1,500 workers, and they are already, uh, you know, they don't, they don't file their intention to hold a unionization vote unless they've already gotten the votes, gotten the majority of the people to say they're going to fucking vote for it. And this right. is Alabama. You know, this isn't Chicago or New York City where, you you know, the fucking union works for you. Uh, right. This is Alabama, notoriously anti-union, right? So we're talking about flipping a red state to a red state, a real right. red state. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited about this because this, you know, Amazon warehouses in Europe are all unionized. Here, almost none. Yep, almost none. And so this this real. would actually, I don't have the name of the particular union they want to join here, but it would include. All the workers, everyone that works there, uh, even supervisors, actually, which I'm not keenest on, but we'll, we'll, we'll presume that the supervisors you, are Sometimes below. you have to do, you know, things yeah. like that just to get the, get within the, the bylaws of certain unions, just to even get them to consider your Yeah, yeah. Well, inclusion. I mean, you know, I mean, you'd like to think that the supervisors are not there to rat you out to the boss, but... Uh, you know, they're still not the boss. They're just the liaison right. between middle management. 
Um, the guys in, in Sorry to Bother You that work in the in, in that room, like the bosses of that particular <laughs> right. call center who are all dickheads. Right. But you, like, you still work on the same floor. You're not upstairs. Really small potatoes in comparison. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's so great for them. You know, everyone deserves a union. Well, uh, if, if that happens there in Alabama, it can happen anywhere. <clears throat> and, 100%. you know, one of the biggest reasons I think the Democrats have been able to get away with sliding so far right is because they've you know, just completely abandoned organized labor and organized labor has been abandoned by the union leadership for so long who always endorsed the most right wing Democrat. Right. So if, if there's a, you know, Amazon employs so many people and right now so many people are depending on Amazon to deliver their shit during this pandemic that if this kicks off like a wave of unionization amongst the, the largest uh, shipping distributor in the country, that could be a huge game changer for so many yeah. other things right now, um, especially when, when so many workers are now at risk in their job, having to you know, do everything they're doing more so because of, of online demand, but still having to work in a physical mm-hmm. space where there there is a greater risk of this pandemic infecting them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So... You know, hopefully they succeed, and yeah, like you said, well, hopefully that starts a fucking chain react chain reaction, like the the uh, wildcat teacher strikes in West Virginia did. Yeah, what was that in 2018, 2016, whenever it was? Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I think that about does it for us this week. Um, be sure to check out our review of the Good Lord Bird, uh, which uh, is going to be fucking awesome. And uh, we, uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, facebook.com slash move left idiots, uh, patreon.com slash move left. We have merch available, tinyurl.com slash move left pod. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty. Yep, and the show's at move left pod on Twitter. And we will see you next time.
placed in here. What better time than now? 